Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter and later on our podcast channel. It's time for the view from the opposition. This time it comes from the Wolves perspective. Wolves the visitors to St. James's Park on Friday night. The first game Newcastle have had at home since the 5th of March when they beat Brighton 2-1. Unfortunately for Newcastle, they come into this game on a bad run of form, that unbeaten run they were on his long gone. They've lost the last three. They have been on the road. They've lost Chelsea, Everton, and the other day against Spurs, thumped 5-1. I'm joined by Alex Dickin from Birmingham Live, who covers Wolves. Wolves, Alex, come into, into this game in, in reasonably good form. They have um, they won their last game against uh, Midlands rivals Aston Villa. And I think they've largely been the surprise package, really, of the season just tell our listeners, first of all, about Wolves' recent form and what Newcastle can expect on Friday. Yeah, I think uh, after those first few games of the season when they lost all 3-1-0, a lot of people were predicting that Wolves would struggle. Obviously, a coach, a new coach at the time, Bruno Lage, who hadn't had much previous experience as a first-team manager, uh, only 18 months at Benfica, where he did really, really well uh, before getting sacked. Um, and yeah, ever since you know the first month, once that was out of the way. I mean, they played well in that first month and got no, no points, but since then, it's been really good. Um, they've had a great run this year since the turn of the year. They won their first three games calendar year. Um, and it's been a bit a bit patchy at times. They lost three in a row to to Arsenal, uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace recently. Uh, but since then, it's been three wins from four and it should be four from four because they were robbed against Leeds. Um, a refereeing decision that sent Raheem is off for two bookable offences. He'll be missing this game as well against Newcastle. Um, was absolutely appalling. So they should have four, four wins in the last four and that would put them in sixth place rather than eighth where they currently find themselves. So um, it's been really good this season, to be honest. Back to the Wolves of the last few seasons before uh, the 2020-21 campaign uh, where they struggled. But yeah, really good. Uh, and the style of football's improved massively as well. They're a much better team to watch these days. You mentioned the style of football for Newcastle fans who haven't seen Wolves too much this season. Can you just give us a bit of an insight into how they do set up and how you think they'll set up against Newcastle this Friday? Yeah, so I mean, Wolves have always played three at the back uh, while they've been in the Premier League recently. So it was more of a negative five at the back, I'd say, under Nuno, to be honest, especially last season. They offered very little going forward at times and uh, always focused on counter-attacking. That was one way. That Nuno liked to play, and um, they weren't the most flexible team in the world. Now, Bruno tried to, you know, play very a very expansive open brand of football in the opening weeks of the season. Realised that, you know, it's probably not going to bring them a great deal of points. So they've got a very good balance at the moment. They can defend very well. They've kept a lot of clean sheets this season, um, but they also, I mean, I know that the goal scoring statistics won't won't back them up, but they do create a hell of a lot of chances, and they miss a hell of a lot of chances. And um, I think their top scorer is Raul Jimenez with sixth. Uh, six goals, sorry. They've got a couple of players with five and then it's Ruben Nevers with four and defenders, size with three. So um, they don't score a great deal of goals, but they do create a lot of chances. So um, I have felt throughout this season that, I mean, they, they beat Watford 4-0 with Watford gave them three goals. I felt throughout this season they're going to go and hammer one team eventually. Uh, they should have been five up against Villa at halftime on, on Saturday, but then they only go and turn up, concede uh, again a penalty that probably shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, and then there's a nervy last five minutes against them. So uh, that's their Achilles heel. They don't take their chances. But more often than not, in this calendar year at least, they have uh, have managed just kind of sneak through and get those uh, those victories by one goal. 
Yeah, the, the manager did say after the, the game against Villa that he wanted more goals. They're creating a lot. They're just not taking them. And one man who stood out against Villa didn't score, but Fabio Silva uh, got a lot of praise. Do we think, I mean, is he in line to start on, on Friday? And why did he get, get, get so much plaudits? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was speaking to Bruno actually about Fabio before the game uh, in the kind of hope that he might start, and he did. Um, and Bruno has, has been very open about Fabio this season in that he played some of the early cup games uh, and didn't really do that well against Tottenham in particular in September. Bruno hauled him off to, after 45 minutes and was really annoyed with how he played. Um, and he didn't get many chances actually at all between, say, the end of September, that game, and the start of this year. Uh, but he came in for his first start in the Premier League against Brentford at the end of January, did OK. Uh, and I think he's played two more since, including the one Saturday. And Saturday was his best performance, probably in a wool shirt, to be honest. Bruno said his best performance under him easily. So uh, I fully expect he'll keep his place. And the, the good thing, Fabio, is that Raul's not played that well this season consistently. Um, and Juan Ki Chan has also played up front and probably, again, been very inconsistent. He's got one in his last 17 games. So uh, it's a good chance, Fabio, you know, to actually start getting on the score sheet and and nailed down that spot because for the first time since Raul Jimenez has been at the club, it's not nailed on that he's a he's a starting player. So um, I think Fabio will start again on uh, on Friday night. I should say it's just whether whether it's going to be a three five two or a uh, or a three four three. Who else uh, may be missing on Friday? Are we, are we expecting any injuries, any suspensions? No, so it's just Raul Jimenez suspended for the for the second game. Um, and then he'll be back for the for the next one. Uh, Neves, Ruben Neves is the big one. He's, uh, he's out until May. He got a knee injury against Leeds, um, which is obviously a huge blow for, for Wolves because he's, he's their best player. Um, and he's been absolutely brilliant this season, especially just before he got the injury in those few games. He was sensational. Some of the football he was playing was ridiculous. So um, I think Wolves have got a massive job on their hands to keep him here this summer. Uh, given the level of interest, you know, Barcelona, Man United, Arsenal being linked with him. Um, and then also, apart from that, Keanu Hoover, I think, will probably miss out. I wouldn't think he'd be in the squad anyway, to be honest, because they've got um, Johnny Otto is playing really well at right wing back after coming back from from two really bad knee injuries. And uh, Nelson Semedo has just returned to fitness and he's been the first choice right wing back all season. So I wouldn't imagine, even if Keanu Hoover has recovered from a hamstring injury, I wouldn't imagine he'd get in the squad anyway, to be honest. So a near enough full squad to pick from. Who do Newcastle need to look out for? And if if there's one player how needs to set his team up to stop, who would you say that is? Um, probably. I mean, he's he's not got the numbers. He's not got the numbers he should have this season. But Daniel Pedenz has been really, really, really good. I think he's only got like maybe four goals and three assists in all comps. Um, five goals, I just I should say. But he's uh, yeah, he's been he's been superb. Um. Everything, every attack really goes through him. He's got such a low centre of gravity, given how small he is. He turns on a sixpence, great feet. Um, and he's really inventive as well. He creates so many chances. I can think of so many games recently, even, you know, Wolves lost to Arsenal uh, at the end of February in a big game. Um, but they should have been 4 5 up by the time, by the time Arsenal scored the first goal, because Pedenters, he created three clear-cut chances that night. Um, and he wasn't even one of his better games. He's a really, really good player. And, um, he won't get the plaudits he deserves until he starts posting numbers like a lot of top players in the Premier League do. But um, he's really talented and and uh, fits Bruno's system really well. 
In terms of a weakness, what is Wolves' biggest weakness? Where can Newcastle look to capitalise, do you think? It's difficult. I mean, the biggest weakness is that they don't score, they don't score goals when they're on top. Um, when they can really punish teams, they don't do it. Uh, they'll, which is probably why so many of their wins this season have been by one goal. Um, I think that's some of those games when they could have probably been some of the games they haven't won in, like Leeds away. They should have been out of sight. Maybe had two or three goals in the counter attack before Leeds scored the equaliser at the end. Um, and there's been other games Everton. They should have put them to bed. Uh, I know they've done the double over Everton, but they should have, should have been clear even recently. Um, and Leeds at home as well. They should have been clear. So that's the biggest problem they've got. They don't put teams to bed when they should. Um, and it, it will always give teams a chance because you know what it's like in the Premier League. I mean, one goal and it goes 2-1 and all of a sudden you you start bricking it that the team's going to get another goal. And that happened against Villa on, on Saturday. So uh, that's that's a weakness I would point out. I think potentially the midfield battle, if it is a two-hour midfield of uh, of Matinho and Dindonka, I know that they've done well together statistically, uh, but Wolves don't have the same control um, as to when Neves plays. So if if Newcastle line up the three, that's, that's an area they could look to dominate. But... Again, you know, Dendonka and Matinho are really good. The one thing I would say actually about this Wolves team this season is that every player is probably playing to the maximum of their level. Um, apart from maybe Jimenez, I think he's who's drifting out of form at times. The rest of the starting eleven have have really been on it this season. There's not been many weaknesses. Um, every player is playing to to the top of their ability, and they've probably needed that because they didn't spend money last summer. They didn't spend money in January. Uh, while all the teams around them are still throwing money at it and and improving. In terms of Newcastle, like I mentioned earlier on the show, they have lost the last three. They're in real need of this home game, and the hope is the sellouts in James Park and can give them the boost they need. How are Wolves looking at Newcastle? How are the fans looking at Newcastle? Is it a game where you think the fans will be looking at and, and thinking we definitely should be getting three points here? I think given where the two teams are, uh, I think Wolves fans and and the players and managers know they can't really slip up much more. To be honest, uh, they are only two points behind seventh Man United, but Man U have got a game in hand. Two points behind West Ham, six. But um, the teams up there don't really they don't really slip up much. So Wolves have had kind of a patchy run over the last couple of months where they've won three and lost four of the last seven games. Um, so they they can't really afford many more slip ups and. And Newcastle, I think Burnley are coming up as well for Wolves. So these are games that that they need to win, simple as that, because they've got a few hard games to finish the season with Chelsea, Man City and and Liverpool in their running. So um Newcastle, it's it's a you know, it's a three their game they've really got to take three points if they want to uh want to, to finish inside the top six or even top seven. The fact that European football is a real prospect for Wolves. What does that do to, to how they approach these types of games you know, against Newcastle, who are much further down the league? Because sometimes when you get to this stage of the season, you get teams in the position of Wolves and they've, they've ended up there by accident, for want of a better phrase. Mm. You know, They're not really looking to, to do European football because they, they don't want to play you know, uh, yeah. Wednesday, Saturday kind of thing. But, I mean, first off, are Wolves really keen to to make to get into that top seven? Is this part of the plan? And if so, how does that affect approaching a team that is is you know it probably isn't going to go down, but you know they you know they're still you know they need a, need a win or two to to secure their Premier League status. 
Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Bruno actually spoke about this at his last press conference, saying that you know the aim is to get into Europe. And if they get into Europe, he wants a bigger squad. Um, he's already thinking about that, and he's already put plans in place for the transfer window. So that's what what he's thinking. He's been saying that since February, since they came back from the international uh, the international window that had the Premier League break. Um, he was saying that you know now is kind of the time we've got. I think they had forty points or thirty seven points at the time. You know we've got this. We're we're not in any trouble. You know now we've got to show our ambition and actually challenge these teams and and try and get you know three points every single game. And that's his mentality. He wants the club to to think bigger um, than they have done previously. And uh, I fully expect him to set up his team now. Um, given that Wolves can't afford many more slip-ups to, to go and beat Newcastle and, and dominate the ball on, on Friday night. How how easy that will be is is another matter because I've actually been quite impressed in Newcastle this year. Um, I know they've been one of the form teams as well, apart from the last few weeks. So uh, I think Newcastle have got much better players than they had previously. You know, they've had a very good transfer window. Um, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a much tougher contest than it would have been when when they played each other early in the season when I thought Wolves were quite clearly the better team even though it's two one. So uh, so yeah, I think it, this game is probably um, one of the trickiest of the final seven. I'd say it's it's really interesting, funny how it's worked out. The last game before the takeover was the Wolves mm-hmm. versus the Newcastle game where Wolves. One two one, and the Newcastle fans just there was a just a feeling of, of apathy. And Thursday marks six months since the Newcastle United takeover, and then they face Wolves on a Friday. And, and the contrast in mood and feeling around the club is 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 really something to kind of dig into. It's just funny how it's how it's worked out from your perspective, Alex. Is there anyone you're really looking forward to to, to having a look at from? Newcastle side, I think. I think you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. make you pronounce his name, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going, well, actually, you're gonna go with Bruno Gamarish. Yes, yes, Marais. yeah. Well, we'll just call him Bruno. You're Bruno. Uh, he's. I'm. I know he didn't start against against Spurs, but I watched Spurs game on TV, and he was actually quite quite decent when he came. He looked quite quite uh, technical. So, I would like to see more of him. I've I've read good things about him, seen good things about him from his, from his previous club. So. And I thought it was quite the coup that Newcastle managed to managed to get him. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, obviously, uh, Alan St. Maximan as well. Everyone in the Premier League loves watching him as a neutral. So um, those those two are the ones that stand out for me. Uh, I think, yeah. If Alan St. Maximan's on his game, you know, players uh, managers have described him as unplayable. So how do Wolves deal with a tricky customer like him? Uh, he's still playing on the left off the left, isn't he? Um, yeah, so that'll be against. I'm guessing Johnny Johnny Otto will keep his place. Um, and for me, I mean, Johnny has only just come back from injury, so uh, two bad, bad knee injuries. Um, but you wouldn't know it like he's he's playing really well, uh, and he is, in my opinion, the best 1v1 defender in the world squad. So if anyone is equipped to to deal with Alan and Maximum, I think it's him. I guess that Wolves, because they've done similar in the past, will probably try and double up. Uh, Dendonka tends to play on the right side of the the central midfield. Uh, this is this is why I think there could potentially be a three-hour midfield because Dendonka then move to, more towards the right and help uh, Johnny against some maximum. Because if they play a three-four-three and it's going to be Trincao in front of Johnny, then Trincao's not going to help Johnny defensively a great deal. So I do think that's a possibility they could play three-five-two with Dendonka more shifted towards the right. Uh, to help Johnny cover some maximum because there's, there's no doubt if it you know some maximum gets ahead of steam and, and runs at 
that Johnny is probably going to beat him for speed and skill. So um, I think that's one one method they will use to cope with that. And in terms of Chris Wood, he's he's more than likely to start against Wolves. He's not scoring too many goals. But how do Wolves deal with someone in, with his aerial presence? He's he's got a very good record against Wolves. Actually, um, he scored a hat trick against them last season with Burnley, and he always does seem to do well against Wolves. Uh, being a former West Brom player as well, so uh, Wolves fans won't want to see him. Um, yeah, he's uh, physically he's he's caused them problems in the past last season. Um, the only thing I will say is that when he played for Burnley against Wolves last season, it was uh, Willie Bolly who had just come back from COVID, I think, and he ended up struggling along COVID, so he's really struggling. Willie Bolly's the player I would expect to deal with that physical uh, aspect of Newcastle's and Woods' game on Friday night. He's just come back into the team after a long, long time out, so uh, with fitness and form issues, um, and he's playing playing quite well again. So he's the player I would expect uh, to kind of take charge when when Newcastle are hurling balls into the box uh, towards Chris Wood. If he can isolate Cody, that'd be a, that'd be a, a potential problem for Wolves because Cody, although he's you know he's fairly decent in the air, I think he's six two, six three, but he's not as physically imposing as as six foot four Kilman, six foot four Bolly either side of him. So um that is one area that I guess Wolves will look to uh, to negotiate. Well, a bit of positivity there for Newcastle United fans. Hopefully Chris Wood can get his first Newcastle United hat trick, or at least one to add to his tally of one goal that he has scored so far in the black and white. Alex, we'll finish off with your score prediction. Then, how is Friday going to end? I'm uh, I'm quietly confident watching Wolves at the moment. Um, I'll go I'll go two 0 They're they're due a clean sheet to be honest. Um, after the after the game on Saturday, so I'll, I'll go two 0 I think. Pedence, and I'm going to say Fabio Silva, although he hasn't scored all season. I'll go, I'll go Fabio Silva. He's gone with goal scoring predictions as well. I'll be the first, <laughs> the first opposition view to do that. I, I, yeah, Newcastle are in need of a win. Uh, you know, they have had all these games on the road, and I think Friday will be a massive boost in front of their home crowd. But I just, I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, Wolves are in a good bit of form, and. I, my head says a Wolves victory, but I'm just hoping the fact that Newcastle are back at home, there's going to be another flag display Friday night under the lights. It'll be hopefully a very good atmosphere. That might just boost them enough to at least get a draw. And at a point from Newcastle's point of view would be a really, really good point, I think. Um, but yeah, if I'm going with my head, I think Wolves will win, unfortunately. Newcastle, don't at me, please. I'm, I'm just <laughs> being honest. Um, you can head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where we're bringing you all the latest Newcastle United news, including two press conferences from uh, the, the managers ahead of Friday. And we have a live event tomorrow night as well up at the Tyneside Irish Centre where you can come and quiz our Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder and Newcastle United writer Kieran Kelly and Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes and the Daily Mirror's Simon Bird. I've just popped the link to tickets in the comments there there's a few remaining five pound gets you in all the proceeds go to the NUFC fans food bank kicks off at half seven and there's a chance to win a Newcastle United signed shirt by the current day squad so do click that link if you can spare uh, tomorrow evening we'll love to see you Alex thanks for popping on to podcast much appreciated to you guys watching listening please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider <laughs>